<laughs> Amazing. So we are live. Um, how are you doing, Sims? I'm tired. <laughs> That's but, not you. Yeah. How uh, are you? Good. I'm really good. And um, my name is Cheeky. This is Sanzini. And this is We Have No Idea podcast. Yes. Where can people follow us? Where um, can they find us? You can find us on Instagram. Yes. Um, and all stream platforms for podcasts as well. Mm-hmm. Um, our handle is WHNI Podcast. Mm-hmm. Or in the description, if you look for this episode, you can find us there. So make sure you give us a follow and engage. Let us know what you want to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, like excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, as we've been in this quarantine season, I've been enjoying a lot of YouTube. Um, and I feel as though sometimes Netflix, BBC iPlayer and all those kind of streaming services, they have so much that it can become overwhelming and there's just a lot of content. Um, so I guess I've been looking at YouTube for, I guess, independent content creators. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a guy called Kev on Stage Studios. Um, so he basically is a comedian and he started at another platform called ADD, mm-hmm. um, All Deaf Digital. So it was basically like, um, do you know you kind of get corporations that have YouTube channels like Tasty? Mm-hmm. That's all. They're quite large, but they're trying to make very personal mm-hmm. content. content. Um, and one thing that he has like a faith background, he has a wife, mm-hmm. he's really strong in church and his beliefs. And he, every time he'd go to pitch his ideas to ADD, he'd feel as though they kind of dirty up. He'd want to make like clean content so people, normal people can hear it, but I guess people who are in the church and very like strong in their faith can also enjoy it. And he felt as though his stuff was just getting like, lots of people cursing, like he made like a skit about like a pastor and then the pastor was swearing and he was like, but bro, that's not what I want. That's not my vision. So he basically started his own like production um, as well. And his wife was involved and I just watched a documentary of Um, He self-promoted his own tour, so they um, had lots of dates all over America and also came to London to do stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just amazing to see somebody have like a dream and vision that's not in line with what the Hollywood mainstream is. Um, And for his birthday, he has like a Patreon and he was kind of just asking um, for people to be part of the Patreon because he wants to make movies, he wants to make documentaries Mm -hmm. and kind of release them through YouTube and other platforms to make money Mm -hmm. so then he can go to these big... H um, bo sorts of platforms and be like, look, I've got numbers. There, are people wanting to watch this. There is a place for this in the market, and that's his way of kind of convincing people. Basically, what Issa Rae has done. Yeah. That she starts off with awkward black girl on yeah. YouTube, and yeah. now it's on HBO. Mm-hmm. And also, mm-hmm. um, I've completely forgotten her name, but she made chewing gum. Melissa. Um, no, Michaela Col- Coleman. Yeah. Yes. She's getting her own show on HBO. Yeah, I saw the trailer. Yeah, and it looks so good. Yeah. And it's so authentically her. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kevin on stage studios as well with him and his friends. He feels that they're just not giving roles out to people who aren't already there. So he wants to create a platform mm-hmm. for his friends to come along and just be part of the process. And his YouTube videos are so good because they're just authentic. Mm-hmm. And it just shows him and his friends having fun, mm-hmm. making people laugh. So I'd like to just celebrate him. And make him our black excellence of the week. That is fabulous. Yeah. Fabulous. Um, So, speaking of documentaries and creative creating things, um, in this in this week's episode, wow, I went through those words. Um, We're going to talk about docu series. Docu series. Uh, I think we have all been binging. Oh yes. Um, what have you been binging lately? Um, there was. One that I've really enjoyed called Unorthodox. Mm -hmm. So it's basically a Jewish girl 
Um, and she's born into like um, Orthodox, Orthodox Jewish Jewish Judaism. Jewish, 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 Jewish. Um, I had the right words and then you messed me up. Oh, apologies. <laughs> um, and she kind of leaves the faith because um, it just wasn't working for her and she did not feel in that space. So she had people who helped her escape. But kind of um, seeing her journey of how she became into authors, um, into such like a deep faith. Um, was really interesting like she was born into it but at a point you kind of choose that lifestyle for yourself and kind of the process of her getting married um, and then basically her husband comes and finds her and her husband is like really in love with her and he's like if you want to leave um, the orthodox life I'll come with you and she's like no that's would be forcing this on you you still love it this is what you want um, so it's really interesting to watch that but um, the one everyone knows Tiger King as well um, I've watched that and that's like pure ratchetry nonsense but we're going to explore that more but um just seeing different perspectives on life that aren't mine has been really interesting to mm-hmm. view through docuseries or like ted bundy tapes as well mm-hmm. um that's been really interesting what about you what have you been watching documentary wise um so a friend of mine recommended precious um she recommended f1 um fuel to drive or something like drive to survive mm-hmm. yeah um on netflix i absolutely got besorted with it um where i'm absolutely obsessed like i follow f1 on instagram now i follow one of the f1 drivers as well um i'm just like oh my god this is amazing and i feel like i love the drama within the sport mm-hmm. rather than the actual like Spot. Spot. Not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. But it's like, yeah, I'll probably like um when the season starts. Like when I found out that the season was on hold because of the pandemic, I was like, oh my god, that means season three, Drive to Survive is not gonna come. I was like, oh my god, that was my focus. I was like, oh. I didn't care about the sport. I'm I like, care about the documentary yes. that goes along with the sport. Exactly. I'm like season three. I like I'm here for this, and um I find myself like trying to find um so listening as to what's going on at the moment. So in regards to like um in F1, when it comes to finances, they're they're trying to level it out at the moment. And I was like, ooh, interesting. Does that mean um, this this team is going to get more money? This team is going to get less money? What does that mean in regards of drivers? Like, um, now it's it's less about... um, hopefully it's more about actually the driving abilities rather than what the team can provide in regards of car and stuff and will i see any change in regards to who is always on the podium maybe maybe not but um yeah i'm absolutely in love with the docuseries like yeah, it's very riveting yes uh, yeah and i'm currently watching the last dance um which looks at the chicago 90 90s team um, Chicago Bulls but in basketball um, it follows MJ's like the height towards like they've end I think it's the last series of MJ's career within Chicago Bulls like um, where they're going for like the sixth trophy mm-hmm. um, it's interesting because uh, hold on like I was watching episode one and they had Barack Obama and they said used to live in Chicago that was his description and I was like you have Barack Obama in your documentary like what and then the second episode they had Bill Clinton I'm like what kind of budget are this man on like legit like like legit for like wow um but I'm also interested in that because I'm kind of getting to know about Scotty Pippen um Dennis Rodman I feel like a young Dennis Rodman was made for this generation does that make sense 
very eccentric in regards to like his hair color, how you treat him. Billy Eilish. Yes, like he was. Yes, exactly. Like Billy Eilish, you would have. Oh my god, he would have but thrived. But even though drugs were a large factor, he is a black Russell Brand. Yeah, I, I, I. He, in the sense of he has the whole high consciousness. And, I want to work out how much of his drugs and how much is him. Um, I don't know Dennis Rodman that much to comment on his drugs. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but um, the Dennis Rodman that I know, I know that he he's lived in Korea, in South yeah, Korea. It was the weirdest video. Yeah, yeah. That, and he sang Happy Birthday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like he, he was in South Korea for some reason. I didn't even know that he dated like Madonna. I was like, bruh. Uh, but like when it comes to his hair and everything like oh my gosh he, he lived does that make sense yeah. he lived and um i know that the team that he was with prior to moving to the bulls they were quite aggressive mm. um in how they played and all that other kind of stuff and i was like wow man but um yeah like i'm absolutely besotted with it as well yeah word of the day today is besotted besotted Bes- besotted yeah. Um, but yeah, like docu series are good. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed nowadays docu series are not documentaries anymore. They're much more entertainment based. Yes. Which um, I'm not sure how I feel about them, especially when they relate to people. If they're based off of facts, so for example, the Ted Bundy mm-hmm. um, tapes, mm-hmm. um, I really enjoyed that because it was an account of the people. But um, the one that Zach Efron did. I think that was more of a film thing. Yeah, it was based off of the film, but... They romanticised him. Yeah, and even in the tapes, I feel as though there's still some sort of romanticism. I feel as though we but then like th- to redeem people and provide grace with people in these stories, and I'm not sure. But that's the thing about psychopaths. They romanticise you. No, but the way in which they're filmed. I think yeah. if they were filmed with the more of the facts of what that person had done, it might have taken romance out. But they seem to be such a heavy focus on him and his life that like we saw him as Ted Bundy the child mm-hmm. instead of Ted Bundy the killer. Yeah, but then to understand, maybe it's... Um, when you understand Ted Bundy the child, you might kind of getting to understand why he ended up being a killer. Was that not the focus? Um, yes, but should that be the idea because lots of people in particular like the victim were just like you made him seem like uh, he could be your next door neighbor he could be your best friend yeah he could be anyone which was the point yeah um they felt forgotten from the story okay but then did they make the the series was focused on ted bundy right yeah the tapes of his um of like the trial and when they were interrogating him. Yes, the one for the one really fo- focused on the victims mm. of him. So of course they're going to. Um, you may feel a bit romanticized and all that kind of stuff, but like the victims were not the primary focus. True. Ted Bundy was. So mm. I always just feel some type of way about should they not be given the same amount of platform but it's just like what will hollywood support yeah true what's what what are people actually wanting to watch what would sell what would stream Mm. if that makes sense unfortunately it's like we're a weird generation that likes to know about serial killers and not about the victim stories yeah which is bad yeah but that's just hollywood Mm -hmm. um but yeah like one other focus as well was tiger king Mm -hmm. so i know you haven't watched it but you've seen like lots of clips (sighs) and heard people's perspective on um, what was going on with that they've ruined um i'm a savage for me 
because there's the Carol Baskin version and I'm like really um, yeah like I haven't seen it but like I listen to the Joe Budden podcast and that's, <laughs> and that's where you get your no no oh, come on I'm more educated than that um, but like one thing that was quite surprising um, to hear from Joe Budden which was um, what's his name Joe, what's Joe? What's his, the, the yeah, the Tiger King, the guy. I just know this Joe. I can't remember his last name. Oh, okay, well, okay, the Tiger King. Um, he was a sexual predator Absolutely. in regards to um, just because he's he's he is gay, it doesn't mean that he cannot be a sexual predator. Um, in regards of his marriages, mm-hmm. to um, I think he was in a poly poly um marriage, yes. not even relationship, um and. It seems as if his husbands were underage, or if not vulnerable um, it people. Seems like eighteen, so like kind of fresh out of Eight. high school. That very young. So, so, so it wasn't illegal. So, so it's just like, like oh. Oh, it just doesn't sit right with your spirit. Just like oh yeah, okay yeah yeah. And um, he, what Joe Biden was saying was that um, there needs to be some kind of way of holding people like that accountable if that makes sense yeah. just because you're part of the lgbtq community doesn't mean that um you're exempt from sexual predative behaviors yeah. and he's absolutely correct in that we've seen that with um kevin spacey where um he was um prying on vulnerable people mm-hmm. we've seen that with well happy weinstein his survivors were women but like we have seen like um especially when i was i think it was yesterday there's a series on netflix um <laughs> am i not supposed to talk about it you are yes. a few points for him okay never mind we'll put that on pause but yeah <laughs> we've we'll, we'll got to come back yeah but um the issue with him i think in this documentary is that he was created as a hero mm-hmm. um and it was kind of just traced um traced over like the relationships that he had with these men and especially within the lgbt community i guess there's a light that needs to be shined mm-hmm. on when it comes to exploitation mm-hmm. which um like the media and society does a very good job at suppressing mm-hmm. lgbtq stories and like the issues that within that so um i just think there was a disservice when it came to the documentary that mm-hmm. they didn't seem to address that okay. very well and yeah. Yeah, the, the relationships he had just didn't seem healthy. Mm-hmm. But the documentary seemed to normalise that, like, oh, he's just wild. That's mm-hmm. just how his life is. He's eccentric. Mm-hmm. But eccentric, you shouldn't use him as a definition of what eccentric should be. Yeah. Um, and people are just like, oh, that's how he is. Mm-hmm. But instead of, like, addressing him and saying that this is predatory behaviour, mm-hmm. they just say, oh, that's just how he is and mm-hmm. you can't change him. Mm-hmm. Like they should have held him to a standard mm-hmm. and the documentary people didn't seem to do that they seemed to have a narrative that they wanted to portray mm-hmm. and kind of went with that mm-hmm. which yeah i was not a fan of mm-hmm. and even the treatment of carol oh, baskin as well yeah like as much as like america's justice and legal system is not the best the way it was just like presented it was just, just was not on her side no which was unfair. Like she won a court ruling, which mm-hmm. tells you that, like, she had facts. Like, yeah. she had proper evidence, but they seem to just turn her into the devil. And I know the zoo that she runs is how she makes her money. And I'm like, how is this going to affect her? Because now it was like, Carol Baskin killed her husband, and like, it's not healthy. Mm. No, it's not a healthy. Um, I think because I haven't seen it, so I'm going off 
other people's marriages yeah, yeah. where um somebody said her husband was he abusive or um they didn't really dive into it they just said he, he just went off and disappeared one day oh okay uh i have no comment yeah he could have been but i honestly don't know yeah i'd have to see comment. if he was or not yeah but yeah like and they're all a bit weird aren't they in this yeah. community like to be fair to be running a zoo says the girl wants to have a safari one day you want a safari yeah since when you've never said that you said you want to live in the countryside yeah i want to live in the countryside and i want to have a safari i can have multiple like dreams um uh, like normal like i would legit like let's say if the safari was selling and they had like an animal hospital animal hospital and everything like that um i would buy it and leave there and just hire animal doctors veterinarians like that's like my retirement plan if not being in jamaica and drinking rum that's with my hose i've never heard you say you want to Oh, okay. I don't say everything that I want sometimes. Some some dreams are for me. Yeah, but you always say you want to be the countryside. Yes, be... like countryside to raise my kids, but I want to fuck off from England. Zoo is just hella random. Not not zoo, safari. 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 So that means England. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I ain't dying in a caravan in England. Sure. Um, I refuse. So yeah, I feel like Carabaskin really got some difficult treatment mm-hmm. um, in this whole scenario. And that leads me back to the male and female dynamic. Is it easier to hate women than it is yeah. to hate men? Why? It's normalized. When women go for power, when women assert themselves, when women fight for themselves, they're, villain- they're villainified for it immediately. The moment a woman starts to show male characteristics, we are punished for it. Whether you like it or not, you're always punished for it. For example, let's watch um, The Devil Wears Prada, Miranda. Miranda is every male executive out there in business. She is every editor who happens to be male. The characteristics that she has, it's that. And she is hated because it's in a woman she is supposed to be like that because of the position that she's in she is a leader she owns vogue or whatever magazine it is within the devil is prada but miranda she's who she is and those are the characters and those are the qualities that you want from an exceptional leader of a well-organized company she seeks perfection every company you work in finance Mm. You, you, we know people who work in law we have people who work in, in medicine teachers and everything like that every leader would want something that things that Miranda w- wants and yet it's it's okay because it's a man in a suit but because it's coming from a woman it's wrong, she has to be punished she has to be the villain mm. so immediately when a woman speaks her mind she's making a fuss therefore she's a villain true um, yeah do you think the dynamics are changing? Is it getting better? I would like to think so, but no. Oh, people still getting like cookie cutter positions. Yeah, I think if we look at statistics in regards to women in leadership at the moment, yes, mm-hmm. they are going up, which is brilliant and it's wonderful. However, the treatment they still that um those backhanded compliments doesn't make sense. Yeah, there is still that oh like oh, you know type of thing of like um. Oh, there is no need to get emotional about it because she's shouting. 
a guy can shout in the office and he's not emotional it's like oh yeah steve is having a bad day and then um miranda shouts must be that time of the month no that's some sexist bullshit Mm. you know um yes women are going in leadership yes women are going into positions of power and authority and that and yet they still get that backhanded compliments they still get that sexist undertones that sometimes you may not even like understand if you're a man Mm. because it's like oh you know like um, the type of thing and do we women stop going for those things fuck no because for us to be where we are now there is a generation of women who have fought for us to be where we are mm-hmm. and we've gotten here and we want to keep going up we want to keep being in the places where like um in regards of leadership it's equal where like it's 50 percent male 50 percent female yeah even though i don't like those terminology then um we have to it's kind of like you have to take it it's a pinch of salt does that make sense mm-hmm. there's so many women if we look at the me too movement so many women um lived through the sexual assault within their workplace environments um so that we can actually be in a place where we can say actually don't pinch my bum when i come and give you a cup of coffee or don't fix me a cup of coffee you know like i don't have to fix you a cup of coffee because guess what you and i have the same qualification we do the same fucking job just because i'm a woman i shouldn't be making you a cup of coffee Mm. that's not what this is for like i remember i nursed one of a lady she used to be a director for one of the hospitals nursing directors for one of the hospitals that we have here mm-hmm. in the northeast and i sat down with her and i just like she started talking to me and she was like you know back in my day um the doctors how they used to treat nurses it was as if we were their assistants mm-hmm. um they used to be very very misogynistic in regards of nurses and all that kind of stuff and yet now i look at the ward and i look at how nurses actually run the ward i look at how doctors look to you guys for um to inform their decision to inform what they do yeah the pay is another thing and yes those guys go to med school for five years and you guys have to go for three years into nursing school and stuff like that but she was like i have fought many many consultants so that you guys can have these rights and i looked i looked at her and i was like thank you <laughs> i was like thank you thank you um and as women don't don't, don't be apologetic for it yeah. don't fuck that like no like i would take whatever slander it has to be now mm. so that my nieces so that my daughter doesn't have to bear with it mm. so what terminology should we use now i guess to be direct and let people know what our expectations is not even from just men but just from other women as well because sometimes people will promote themselves by putting down other women in similar positions yeah um terminology yeah, I just call it out. If it's yeah. if it's something, if it's a sarcastic joke, make one back. <laughs> um, oh, just like if it's something like, oh, is it that time of the month? Um, just like no, but is yours on? Mm-hmm. Just like say something sarky back, and mm-hmm. just like just stare a little bit harder. <laughs> and if it's something that is actually very sexist, mm-hmm. send him an email and request a meeting. Yes, with Can HR. You, no, not with HR, because so, you want an evidence trail. So be like. Oh, can I have a meeting? Just about the comment you made before. Mm-hmm. Send an email, create a date and time. And then he's like, yes. Yeah. So then you've addressed it and mm-hmm. now you've got like a backlog of things. I think also wherever you find yourself, kind of, if, if you're very, very fortunate and there's like 
a sisterhood within that yeah it's a massive blessing it is it is a massive blessing like um with it, i suppose it's different because of my job within healthcare where it's predominantly women mm. but i have found a sisterhood in regards to colleagues who are my agent colleagues who've been doing what they're doing for 20 40 50 years mm. you know where these people were out of time be like my work mom or work dad or you know type of thing where people yeah. who actually are looking out for you and people who are cheering you on and that is a blessing when you have a sisterhood within your work environment yeah it really is um i'm not saying like i hate guys that i work with god no like some some of my favorite colleagues happen to be guys Mm -hmm. you know and um have they said anything sexist to me no yeah i guess it just depends which fields you're in like some tend to be more than others yeah um but yeah i guess in the sisterhood sometimes especially in very hyper competitive industries Mm. um mentors and people would say just keep your head down it's just what happens here Mm. um so when you're having those conversations i'd say don't address that person specifically to be like somebody made a comment about this 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 what do you think i should do Mm. if they then support it and seem to be an ally Mm. you can then start naming names Mm -hmm. but at times especially at the start you do not know who the allies are Mm -hmm. and who the people who are on the other Mm -hmm. side are because technically they might be called your mentor or Mm -hmm. your buddy Mm -hmm. but you don't know them from a tree Mm -mm. and you don't know their intentions in Mm -hmm. particular um so i'd say have conversations with the right people but don't mention names if it's the thing that's continuous then take it to hr make Mm -hmm. sure you're sending emails Mm -hmm. um if you're scheduling meetings make sure it's in your calendar Mm -hmm. so you have like a trail of things Mm -hmm. because sometimes it takes people getting called out by seniors and superiors for them to address their actions mm-hmm. some people might not know they're doing these actions because people have just allowed them mm-hmm. because it's just that's just how that person is um so just be smart about the moves that you're making um if things need to be addressed like go through the correct formats and protocols and i feel as though sometimes we always feel as though being cancelled being known as difficult um but it shows that you have a backbone and you can stand up for what you believe and as much as people may not like you they know that if something's going down they can trust you to be on their side and trust you to do the right thing because if we're creating a culture of silence it only takes one person to speak out and everybody in that line of silence that you are now part of will go down with it Mm. so it's better to be the person that speaks out um and especially if you're with a big organization they will support you through that because they like to get rid of bad eggs and it makes their company look better oh, if yeah. they've taken out bad eggs um so yeah speak your truth if that's what it needs to be and like you're watching a documentary on netflix i think it's called hollywood um it's not a documentary it's a series, series. it's a series um i absolutely love I think I'm I'm very easily amused with like light hearted shows. Does that yeah. make sense? I you watch Black AF. Yeah, exactly. I was I was so happy. I was like, oh my god, this is my element. And then people are like, oh, it's trash. And I was like, yeah, I don't it was, care. It was mixed. I don't like the show, mm-hmm. but I watched an interview with um, the guy who made it. What's he Kenya called? Barris. Yeah, and I know his perspective. Mm-hmm. I still don't like the show, mm-hmm. but I understand where he was coming from for it. So I dislike it less. Mm-hmm um so i liked black af because of blackish and all that kind of stuff like that's those yeah. are kind of like my shows if that it's makes sense same, it's very similar yeah yeah type of thing so i found my thing and i've stuck to it mm-hmm. anyway um and i was watching hollywood and within it there's a character of jim parson 
and he plays a Hollywood talent agent and he is gay however in the closet he's not out there because it's set I think post World War II um, in Hollywood and within that this agent prior so he signs his client but prior to fully signing them he gives them fellatio and I was really really heartbroken when I was watching it because um, he was exploited he's in a position of power position of authority where he can make or break someone's career and he chooses to sexually abuse them mm-hmm. and he's very degrading very tormenting absolutely awful and I think I turned around and I was saying to you I was like I find I was like this is really really heartbroken breaking and you're like yeah since any feel people's emotions are very empathetic I'm like yeah I get that and I'm like is it wrong that if the survivors of this kind of behavior was women I wouldn't I don't think I would have felt that empathetic and I think it's because we've became you were saying it's because we've became so desensitized to that kind of behavior towards women that actually it seems not like oh sexual assault is Part of the job in Hollywood, it's yeah. especially within those times. Whereas we will find this character who is sexually assaulting um, young white men yeah. who happen to be gay. I just don't think anything happens to white men. Yeah, and not gonna lie. Yeah, and I was vexed. I'm not gonna lie. And he came towards the end of the series. He came with a half-ass apology, and one of the survivors was like, "Actually, no, I don't forgive you because you were still a little shit." Mm. And I was like, "That's fine." Absolutely. Yeah. Um, she needs to do hard time. Oh yeah. Um, so that's why when I hear stories of people like Harvey Weinstein and all that kind of st- things, I'm like, burn him. I know. Is he dead? No, he's in prison. And then he was like, oh, can I come out of prison because it's COVID nineteen? We're like, no, fuck that, no. It's like, bro. No. Do your time. Sh- shut up, man. Like, I'm all about humanity and forgiving and all that kind of stuff, but no, no. the issues though he still hasn't acknowledged. Um, there is no remorse yeah he's kind of said yeah i did it and it's what everyone is doing and it's like bruh so i feel as though once people understand the crimes they've committed Mm -hmm. then we can start looking at resentencing and retrialing but like Mm -hmm. if you don't know why you're there if you don't know what you did wrong like nah he'll do it again Mm -hmm. and people like that will continue to do it again Mm -hmm. um so yeah like we live in a world weird world where people need to get called out for their actions like in like 360 back to Nella Rose she has acknowledged the issues of the comments that she's making mm-hmm. and it is a new time and react differently so mm-hmm. people need to move with the times and have an understanding that you're going to now start to see new faces mm-hmm. in male white dominated cisgender mm-hmm. places mm-hmm. so let's just be better and be forthcoming to change and be proactive of change especially like um there was an issue about like pronouns mm-hmm. and people who are non-binary how do we address them mm-hmm. i think they it's huh they and them yeah and i feel so like it's fine if you make an accidental mistake but they should be an active um they should be an active stance of trying to be better mm-hmm. and trying to understand mm-hmm. i guess we can never go around being like what pronoun would you like to be addressed by but if somebody outwardly tells you mm-hmm. make as best of an effort to go by that um so yeah like this has been a discussion on like documentaries but really the dynamics of power when it comes to male and female Mm -hmm. and how they're changing how we're getting better but Mm -hmm. how we still have a long way to kind of 
Um, change people's minds and sometimes you also have to accept that people just don't want to change. They have existed in a society in a sphere where they only have people who look like them and act like them mm-hmm. and therefore um, acknowledge similar jokes. Certain things is just a joke, certain things is da-da-da. But because they cannot empathise with a person in that position, mm-hmm. it's not an issue. So mm-hmm. even for example, the oh is it your period joke? If someone says it to you once, you probably won't be bothered, but this has been a repeated comment that females have gotten, mm-hmm. and that's why it's an issue. Yeah. Instead of addressing the problem, mm-hmm. you're kind of pinning the motion towards it and saying, I don't care, so I'm going to say mm-hmm. this is the issue. So, Yeah, it's kind of that, that lack of... Um, nine out of ten times when somebody turns around and says, is it your period yet? It's because they've called them out on their bullshit and they're feeling insecure. Mm, and they don't want to answer the question. Yeah. So if they say that, re- reiterate the yeah, question. question. And be like, mm. um, I saw this thing online, this girl, I think it was on Twitter or somewhere, where she was like, I had this colleague who mispronounced her name mm. and he would continue to mispronounce her name. No. Even though she t- taken the time to do to try and teach him how to say her, her name. And then she was like, screw this she started calling him a different name every other day like every day and her and her colleagues joined in and started calling him a different now i'm gonna do that yeah if anybody ever pronounced my name wrong yeah so it's like checker barry i do that at work i love no i'm taking that Uh, that oh yeah so good oh yeah especially if you can tell they're not trying yeah thomas jeff start calling female names yeah really annoying you like that is so good I've done that twice, and the, both people have actually said my name correctly. Yeah. They, they were like, oh, so your name is, Sun, Sun, I'm like, Sanzani. And then they go and say it differently. And I'm like, no, Sanzani. And they're like, oh, do you have a nickname? I'm like, no, Jack. Jack. Even if their name is, is John, I'm like, no, Jack, I don't. Like, my name is John. I'm like, yeah. Say my name correctly. That's it. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. I'm definitely using it. Just, that is so good. But yeah, so like, just try to do better, guys. Let's. Mm-hmm be empathetic to the people and let's put ourselves in the shoes that they're in unless they're Harvey Weinstein uh, um, th- but that Cosby. brings an end to um, this week's podcast so we're just going to finish with a prayer as we always do sends John pray yes yeah. Father in the name of Jesus I pray for all the women out there who are who have survived the misogyny of um, uneducated men and mm-hmm. women I pray for all the people who are survivors of sexual assault, of sexual violence, of sexual abuse, um, or any kind of form of, of abuse, Lord, that you are with them, that you bring comfort into them, God. I pray that you are a God who says you will avenge the sins that have committed against us. And I pray that you will be the one to carry out that justice on their behalf, Lord. I pray for peace, I pray for restoration of either innocence of whatever that they may need back in, in their lives. I pray that you be the one who provides it to them, God. In your mighty name, Jesus, that we we may not con- may we not grow weary from fighting the good fight in regards of equal access to education to jobs and all the kind of things in regards of gender may not be may this not be a, a war of gender but instead be a, a thing in which we fight against um p 
people who are committing atrocities which are not healthy in regardless of whether it's between um, women or men lord i pray that we come together as both genders to fight against those kind of people lord and um praying again for the covid crisis that you bring peace you bring healing you bring restoration lord for we know that you are a good father in your mighty name jesus amen amen so thank you again for listening make sure to share with your friends and spread the joy we'll see you next week bye